Welcome to the Gig App Life Podcast, where we discuss everything Gig App related. Grubhub has been on a decline for years now, but I did not want to accept it. <laughs> okay. I would see comments. I would see, you know, videos. I would hear I would hear things in videos like, oh, Grubhub is on their way, on their way down. And I'm like, Man, Grubhub still got a chance, man. Like, no, they're not going down just yet. They they getting ready to fight, you know? And I'm like, oh. when I saw what I when first when they sold, actually when they partnered with Yum Brands, a lot of drivers would say that's when things started to go downhill for Grubhub. Would you agree or disagree? I I think that was kind of the beginning of them panicking maybe you know panicking that's I, a new word for me okay i i just um you know there, there were a couple things that happened first they started moving to more fast food places like yum brands you know the right. taco bell orders yeah and and the second thing was that that wasn't too long after that when they started taking uh when they started adding restaurants without their permission and doing these unpartnered yeah. and the order and pay type deliveries. Yeah. You know, they never used to do that. And all of that was because all of a sudden, I think all these other companies were starting to outsell them. Yeah. And they needed to get more people on their platform. And so um, I, I think they kind of dropped their standards some to try and keep up with the other guys. But do you remember um, Matt Maloney was on Mad Money once? Well, not he was on m multiple times, but there was an episode of Mad Money and he was he was saying something like, oh, pretty much like we're not worried. Like it's a two hundred yeah. billion dollar industry. Like we're not worried. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I will say like that. I will say, you know, just seeing that he went from there and their executives kind of like they were just walking around, prancing around like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. And then he comes back to Mad Money. And then he's like, oh, our customers are promiscuous. I'm like, oh, what, what, what are you getting at, Matt? Where are you going with this, right? And then next thing you know, the lawsuits and then um, the situation between young brands and, and them and, and, and Matt. And it's like he's doing things and they're they trying to. I was like, what is going on? To me, to me. The 2018 Grubhub was the last year before they changed the pay model to the estimated time and distance, right? Mm -hmm. That was the last year that Grubhub was as great. It was the greatest Grubhub. You agree or disagree? Yeah, I would say, you know, 2019, for a lot of 2019, they were still pretty good, but you could already start to see a little bit of a downhill. And mm. then, I don't know, right before the pandemic, um, that's when I really started to notice that it's like, man, this is a different company altogether. Yeah. And uh, the beginning of 2020, you know, January, February or something, mm -hmm. it just really started to seem going downhill. Now, you know, I, I try to find the positive in these platforms because I... When I see them making changes, like, say, with Grubhub, right, they got rid of the old bags. They brought in the new ones, right? That's because just eat takeaway. Now they're trying to put their colors out there. They're trying to make a name for themselves. 
said uh, in in the U.S. Grubhub was their stepping stone, I guess. Right, that's what I'll call it. Right, they wanted to come over here and Grubhub. They bought them for seven point something billion. Do you know that number? I don't off the top of my head. Not, okay. Seven point three comes to mind, but I don't know if that's right. Yeah. All right. So they they're making changes, right? And then I see with the algorithm or the ride-alongs I've been doing, it's they're literally paying a dollar per mile on majority of the orders that they send me. Is it that way in every market? I'm not saying it is or it isn't, right? But I, I'm only speaking for myself. I remember, I don't know if you remember this story where a driver received an order. I believe it was in your market, Denver. A driver received an order on the Grubhub platform for a location that was down the street from the customer. But the driver got the order 40 miles away. Do you recall any story like that? And the driver accepted it, but it was taking so long to get to the customer. I believe the customer received cold food and made a complaint. But the driver was like, I came from 40 miles away. Yes. (laughs) I don't know how much the payout was. But in the Grubhub of 2022, the one that I have been experiencing, that would have been a $40 payout if they paid a dollar per mile like they do on majority of what I see now. So back then, I doubt they paid a dollar per mile. I don't know how much that was. That was years ago, though. And it happened in your market, but you never heard of this. Yeah, I that that one doesn't ring a bell to me, but that could have been just, you know, there that that's been long enough ago that yeah, you know, they could have just gotten lost in probably yeah. memories of all sorts of other <laughs> stories, you know. Right. So, I'm but, just, you know, back in the old pay model, mm-hmm. it used to be it was $3.50 plus 50 cents per mile. You know, the base was 350 right. and then it was 50 cents a mile. But that that was as straight as the crow flies per right. mile. But, you know, so, I mean, back then, if it was before the pay model change, that only would have been about a $23, uh, that only would have been a, was it Mm $23.50 if it was a straight line? Yeah. That would have been $23.50 plus whatever the tip is. Mm. Uh, That's how you, it it, it wouldn't have been me, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, I've been, I've been trying, like I said earlier, I've been trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know when when it comes down to business, it's like a lot of things got to be changed when money, um, when you're trying to save money, you're trying to be profitable, you're trying to uh, please your investors, all these different things. I have some knowledge of it. I don't have 100% knowledge of it, right? But just to see how first Yum Brands, I think Yum Brands invested, was it $200 million in Grubhub? I think it was, I, don't I think it was about 200 million and they owned uh, I forgot what the percentage was of they owned a portion of Grubhub. And then right. to see how those two, Matt Maloney and Yum, going at it about their agreement that I was like, what is happening? I don't know. So just as, I thought that was going to be the beginning of them going hard at DoorDash, this is when I started seeing before the the uh, the the orange bags 
before just eat takeaway, right? Mm-hmm. That's when they um increased they they got away from those really thin and and flimsy insulated bags and then yep. that little pizza bag that they would send everyone, then they got the real deal one that everybody loves now, right? They got the red ones and well, I heard that the newer bags are even better. Maybe I haven't gotten those, but the red ones yeah, with the Grubhub logo, the GH, and you can use one as a pizza bag. They just, that's when I yeah, saw those all those the best in the business. Those were coming out and I was like, Oh, Matt about to do some big things. You know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. You know, Matt is about to do some big things and he went on mad money. He, Oh, we're not worried about DoorDash. This is a $200 billion in industry. And I'm like, okay. He got the swag going on. He like, okay, he about to do some things. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened, brother. You know, and, and here is the thing that I noticed was about the time that uh, the whole Yum Brands and, and really Taco Bell. Yeah. You know, that that was it. I mean, that was that was the issue was Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And it was about the time that the Taco Bell deal came into place that it almost seemed like they started their war on drivers. And especially their war on cherry pickers yeah and and i think it was because all of a sudden we're dealing with a lot more low or no tip orders than we were used to on grubhub yeah you know that was that was back in the day when uh grubhub didn't do that minimum pay garbage the, the stuff that they did in the pandemic yeah there's a lot of people don't remember those days yeah but you know if there was no tip it was three dollars and fifty cents and uh or it was three dollars because of the new pay model you right. drop that. Right. And all of a sudden there were a whole lot more of those. And there were a whole lot more drivers saying, we're not taking that garbage. Right. And all of a sudden it was like Grubhub had to figure out some way to try and force or manipulate or scare drivers into taking more orders. And I right. started hearing more of people being told things by driver care yeah. or by their driver specialist. Yeah. It was never put on paper. But it was always this, you know, it always felt like it was threats or something like yeah. that. And I think they said just enough because they know drivers talk to one another, you know, and there were, there were the YouTube channels, there were the Facebook groups and stuff like that. They knew it was going to get out there that if they scared just enough drivers and that word started getting around, people, drivers would start feeling like, oh man, I can get deactivated for not accepting enough orders. And, and it just seems like it. It, it, it almost felt like Grubhub turned on the drivers then, that it was like drivers started realizing that some of these are, orders are not worth taking, and they started rejecting more often. And I think a lot of that started with uh, Taco Bell. Mm. And and then Grubhub had to do something about it. And, and instead of trying to fix the system, they blamed the drivers. Mm. I think that was a lot of, you know, and, and, and that's where I think things started to turn a lot. Um, as far as a relationship with drivers, I think. Yeah. I mean, just even down to, I felt like they were doing some things. Like you said, they, it's like, it's, they were starting to turn on the drivers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why did they have to change the driver care number so often? It's like, they were trying to get away from, they were trying to get drivers away from having support. That's what it felt like. It's like, why are you changing the driver care? No, it's driver care. It's not customer yeah. care. So why wouldn't you have, you, you provide this information. Like why wouldn't you give a driver? Hey, if you have any issues, contact driver care at this phone number. 
I had to find out who Driver Care was by them calling me. (laughs) They call me and I see a number I never seen before. I'm like, what is this? Oh, 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 this is this is uh, Ron from Driver Care. And it drive. Oh, so this is a new number. Let me save this now. You know, so I'm like, why? I've said it multiple times where going from Grubhub for work and seeing how they pulled those dispatchers that were in direct contact with the Grubhub for work drivers. Right. Mm -hmm. They were in direct contact with them and then they put them in new positions and they turned all those corporate orders into Excel orders that were available for whoever that would take them. So I'm like, what are you doing? You I had- remember one time getting a text from them and I texted back, is there really somebody on the other end of this line? Uh-huh. And they answered. They answered. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think that's that's another thing that you saw changing, you know. I mean, there there's a whole group, there there's a whole section. I wouldn't be surprised if a good majority of the people listening right now didn't even realize that there used to be a thing called a driver specialist. Yeah. You know? It used to be but, you had but, somebody in your town that you could go to. Exactly. Or you could just call or email if you did yeah. not cuz they had like say if in Florida, right? We had a driver specialist that was over the entire state of Florida and I think some other states as well or some other cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was easily accessible by email. You, you might not get a response right away. It might take a couple of days, a couple of weeks. Just depends. And she is the one that gave me the Grubhub for Work opportunity because she saw in a month, in six weeks, I did 600 deliveries on Grubhub. And she was telling me, like, oh, my gosh, that is, oh, my gosh. The, nope, drivers do not do not do that. So I want to give you this opportunity for larger orders, right? And I'm like, okay. This is just me a month and a half on the platform. <laughs> and then they offered me this more money, right? So I'm like, oh, yep. this this is the place to be. No, this is Grubhub. Oh, I now, you know, listen, I, I don't say this much, but the I signed up on a Thursday, Right. That Friday, they closed the market like no one signed up. So I signed up right the day before they closed any new signups in my area. So I was like, oh, man, I got on just in time. And then they're offering me more money with Grubhub for work in six weeks. I'm like, this got to be a record, you know. So I'm like, man, I love the platform. I'll just tell you that. This is why I'm so uh I, I feel a little hurt by it. Yes, I did. I did become a cherry picker, right? But Grubhub was one of those platforms I really enjoyed working before they started adopting a lot of DoorDash ways, like even down to, hey, you don't seem like you're headed towards the restaurant. I remember the days they never sent anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so I saw the platform as this is a great platform to work. I could toggle available, toggle unavailable. If I want to work, if I don't want to work, then they started putting in putting in all these rules. This is before like prop prop twenty two, right? AB five right. and all right. that. Right. So like they started putting in all these rules, and I'm like, this was such a free platform, and yeah. drivers sign up, be- and we enjoy this because of the freedom. So I'm like, 
why are you making so many changes and you're making this feel more and more like you're just squeezing, you're just squeezing me or pushing me into this corner that I don't want to be in and you're tarnishing this relationship that we had. You turned me into a cherry picker. And I say them because I was one of their drivers that would take every single order that came to my phone, no matter the miles, yeah. right? Whether I knew it was good or not, I was doing it because they were scratching my back. I was scratching theirs. I was doing them a favor, trying to trying to knock out these orders nobody else wanted to do for them. So just to see how they turned out, man, and then now this situation with Just Eat Takeaway now putting them up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a joke about adoption. I don't want anybody to be put up for adoption. That's not what it is, but it's just more like they just got... They just purchased Grubhub. Like, how? That's got to be a record. You buy a company and you just get rid of it within a year? Like, what's, what's that about? You just signed the deal? Like, what? Wasn't it January last year? Like, they made it official? Yep. <laughs> come on. It's a little over a year, but come on. Like, seriously? Why are you doing this? And and I feel like all of this stuff, just a domino effect, just going from where it was it's trying to back us into corners and then trying to beat DoorDash at their own game, signing up uh, uh, restaurants. And I think it would have been okay if they had as many drivers as DoorDash because DoorDash at the time when they had all these signups, they were just, I guess, yes, they were signing up restaurants that, um, that they didn't ask permission, right? Okay, yep. but they also had the amount of drivers needed to knock out all these orders. But Grubhub orders were just sitting in just, and these these restaurants were getting these bad reviews, and they weren't allowing many drivers on their platform. They were signing up all these restaurants, and they weren't like uh, we were already hip to it. Where we're not going to accept just anything you send to us, Grubhub. So no, yep. and then they didn't even flood the market. I always wanted Grubhub to just open it up, but did not want them to open it up like Uber, right? I wanted right. them to open it up. So a lot of these orders they were sending me, they got they should have drivers over there. Why are you sending it to me? Don't send it to me. Send it to the driver over there, you know? But what's your thoughts on, on as, as far as like oversaturation on that platform, Grubhub? Yeah, there was something that happened. Um, and, and the way that they used to do things in that I can remember that, you know, and, and of course I was never premier, yeah. you know, so you always had to get on, you know, like at, um, Saturday morning to get my schedules. Yeah. And usually that was all right. I could get all sorts of, you know, blocks and, and not a problem if I got on Saturday morning Yeah, and all of a sudden it was getting harder and harder to get on. Yeah. You know, but, and, and it was, I, I think they started letting more drivers on, but they were still real tight with their schedule, mm-hmm. um, trying to keep it from getting overflowed too much. But then, um, in fact, I, I remember that was the thing, that was the one thing that kind of got me back to Uber Eats because there's, I was out on, you know, we we're on a road trip one Saturday. And, and driving across Nebraska where there's no signal, you know, nah. finally got signal and it's mm-hmm. like, there's no blocks available. And that was the week they said, okay, I'm going to give Uber Eats a shot. I'm going to do all Uber Eats this week. Cause I couldn't get any Grubhub blocks. Right. And all of a sudden Uber Eats had gotten a lot better. They had changed a lot of things too. Yeah. 
but, and it was just like, oh man, I'm making almost as much money on Uber Eats as I was making on Grubhub. And I ran with that for a little while and then I get back on Grubhub and all of a sudden it was like, it was getting easier and easier to get the blocks. But then there were longer waits between orders too. Yeah. So there's something like they opened up the floodgates as far as how many people they were going to get scheduled. Yeah. And maybe they figured that they were overdoing it on trying to restrict those schedules because then all of a sudden we could start, you know, um, I don't know. It was like all of a sudden it seemed like things were slowing down on the one side, but it was easier to get a schedule block on the other side. And so they changed something about the way they were doing the scheduling and, and, and that I think it made it a little bit harder and, you know, definitely I never really went back as far as Grubhub being my bread and butter Yeah, just because all of a sudden it was like Grubhub was the one where I couldn't get the orders. Yeah. Now I do remember when they implemented that policy, that new policy of uh, dropping your block. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. They said you had to drop it uh, within uh, 72 hours before your block started or you could be schedule restricted. So I'm like, why would you put a policy like that in place? That's like things happen the day before, (laughs) you know, like, like, Mm -hmm. why would you say you're going to restrict me when I have young kids? Right. I'm making it a personal issue. Right. I have young kids. So that's a reality for anybody that's doing this gig economy stuff. And if I'm dropping a block the day before, at least I'm dropping it versus just keeping it and not showing up for it. I feel like it was so much better when they, you know, when we figured out the system about the schedule, you know, like they would re, uh, uh, they, they would put that block back into the queue or make it available for everyone. Uh, I think 14 or 15 14 minutes. minutes. <laughs> right. After, you know, if the person didn't show up, uh, too bad, so sad. And I think DoorDash does this, right? If you don't show up 30 minutes for your schedule, they make it available again. So I'm mm-hmm. like, why did they have to turn it into, well, if you don't show up, then this is going to happen. If you if you drop it within 72 hours, not even 24, 72 hours. <laughs> if you don't drop it before that, we could schedule restrict you. What? Wait, what? for real? Like, why? So all of that stuff, man, I just felt like, you know, Grubhub was on the downhill. Um, They were going downhill. When I saw that, it just turned into everything is our fault. You're taking all your frustrations out on us. All your lawsuits have nothing to do with us. The moment that... Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, when they started playing, you know, that whole schedule restriction game, you know? Yeah. And and they would restrict people's schedules for, you know, like, you had no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I had it happen one time, and it had to do with, I think, something to do with when I dropped a block or something like that. Right. You know, at that time, I could still go into the driver specialist. He could explain it, and he, he actually changed exactly. it. But it just, it was like they got... There, there were so many unwritten rules out right, there right? and all this stuff, trying to control the driver, you know, trying, trying to get the driver under control. Right. And it's like, dude, if you want that much control, you start hiring employees. You know? Exactly. But remember when AB5 and, and Prop 22 and all that was going on, 
Grubhub was just sitting back and relaxing while yeah. DoorDash and Uber was like, hey, no, 200 million. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All right, please promote Prop 22, <laughs> you know? And Grubhub didn't have nothing to do with that. Like, I think they really did want, I think they really did want employees. So they set their model, their whole business model in a way for if things went this way of them having employees, they already had something, some kind of structure in place for it. Uber doesn't. Yeah. Well, they said Uber has something in place, but they just didn't want employees. And DoorDash is the same. Okay, cool. But yeah, Grubhub, I was wondering if that's what they were kind of rolling their dice on. Maybe. It, it feels that way, don't it? And And they kind of felt like they could be the one company that could handle it. Because there was a time where... Before the pandemic, there were some, there were, I think, a couple of quarters where Grubhub was profitable yeah. and nobody else was even close. And a lot of that had to do with they had their order, their online ordering platform and stuff. And that was their bread and butter. That was the, that was the moneymaker for them. And then, you know, delivery was just kind of piggybacked on top of that. So they had other revenue that could keep them at least close to breaking even if that happened. And I think they kind of thought maybe I wonder, I've always wondered that as if they thought that they could survive being forced into an employee model and the others couldn't. Yeah. Maybe they were, that's what they were banking on. That's why they probably wasn't worried because with everything that was going on, it just seems as if, you know, they, they just unfazed by everything, even DoorDash taking their spot. Like, Oh, we're not worried about that. You know, I was like, what plan do they have? Well, they acted like they weren't worried about it. But then we as drivers, I think we saw that they were worried about it. I wrote a thing back in 2019. Um, what was it? It was like uh, the, uh, the the title of it was DoorDash has Grubhub in their sites. Mm. And the whole thing was about, and DoorDash is starting to make a move here. And this is back when still, you know, Grubhub had 40, 50% of the market and DoorDash was still kind of a small Just player. rising, rising slowly. <laughs> and, but, you know, and that's, and that was the whole gist of it was the way that they seem to be turning on the drivers yeah. seems like it's a reaction. Yeah. That instead of making things better on their end, it was like, we're going to force the drivers into compliance. And that was their reaction to the whole thing. So, yeah. you know, on the one side, I think, you know, Matt Maloney was like, um, you know, acting all cool yeah. and acting like there's no threat. But yeah. you could see in the way that they were changing how they were acting with the drivers that they were. Yeah, they were reacting. Going on. Yeah, they were reacting. What, that picture. I don't even know why they posted that picture. That was like a terrible picture in my opinion <laughs> when he said that you know what i'm done i'm i'm gonna resign or i'm gonna step down from grubhub his eyes were bloodshot red did you see that picture i didn't see that picture <laughs> you didn't see that well the picture I... I saw his eyes were bloodshot red and i'm like it's either he's tired or he's high <laughs> one, of, one of the two i'm like if he's high that man stressed out over here <laughs> you know and if he's tired that man stressed out like what's going on right but his eyes were bloodshot red. And I'm like, what, what's going on with you, Matt? What's do you it? remember, do you remember though, when, when Uber Eats and Grubhub were in talks and it, it was looking there for a while, like Uber Eats was going to be the one to take them over. 
Yeah, I thought Uber and, was gonna gonna get that. Yeah, and I remember reading some things afterwards that they talked about the Uber management responding or reacting to the way that Grubhub's people were acting. And it was almost like there was an arrogance in the way that they were doing the negotiations that, that it was like Grubhub came into this saying, Hey, we're, we're all that, you know, we are going to be, um, you know, this is a better deal than you could ever hope for or something like that. And, and, and it, that is, I think probably what cost them that deal more than anything about price. Mm that it was just like, there was a like, Oh man, we can't deal with this team here. And there was like a cockiness or something like that about yeah. it. It definitely was a cockiness, you know, it, it yeah. definitely was, but I guess, you know, with fast forwarding towards uh 2022 and seeing how after Justy takeaway bought the company and they allowed Matt to still do his thing in the U S and, then slowly but surely you saw them changing the colors, changing the logo, changing this, changing that. I was like, okay, what's happening next? Then Matt steps down. And now, today or yesterday, John McCadian sent me an article saying that Just Eat Takeaway is thinking about putting them up for sale. I'm like, What? What was the purpose of signing? You made this whole big deal. Oh, we're, hey, we're going to sign them all now. It's, it's, it's going to be approved in the next couple of weeks. You know, like everything's going to be great. And then all of a sudden now, a year later, a, a year and change later, here we are. So I want to I wanna open up the lines, Andre. Yeah. Uh, I, I call you Andre. I'll call you Ron. I call you. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you call me Brian, you call me UDM. I respond to all names, right? So I want to open up the lines and just hear it, hear the perspective of drivers in 2022 because I started in 2018. When did you sign up for Grubhub? I was 2018 as well. You were 2018 as well. So yeah. both of us 2018. I, so yeah, I, I started I started with Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. And then I remember running across a Grubhub driver and said, you know, I made $1,300 last week. And it's like, yeah, I gotta check these guys out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I signed up the day before they close signups in my market. So I, I want to get at least a call, at least one call in for any newer driver that might not have experienced all the things we experienced from 2018 to now, but to see how they, they feel whenever they signed up for Grubhub to where there's a possibility they might sell. You know, they might get put up for sale, right? So mm-hmm. I do have a caller in the queue. Um, I want to take this call. You ready to, to chop it up yeah, with somebody on the it. line? Okay. Let's go for it. All right, let's see. Who do we have here? Talk to us, caller. Thank you for calling Chop It Up Live. So Grubhub in my market is actually pretty strong. Um, we were commenting back and forth about it earlier. And, um, like, it it's a big majority of my income. Um, in fact, Grubhub, in my opinion, has been stronger than DoorDash has been today. So, like, I I feel that people mischaracterize it a lot. I okay. do feel they do have a war on drivers as well, though. They, they have that whole new policy 
uh, oh, if if this happens, if that happens, if the other thing happens, you know, that you had a previous chopping up about, and it's aimed directly at us who multi-app. They want, they they, uh, they basically kind of do have an employee mindset about it. They want their premier drivers. They want you to be a premier driver and take everything. Right. You know, 90% is absolutely ridiculous. For DoorDash, it's 70. And even then, like, you don't have to maintain it. You can just grind at the end of the month if you really wanted top dasher but um i feel it's just i feel that people unfairly characterize it i really wish they would not just give up on it immediately and having less choice is bad people for both us as drivers and for the consumer like in my market at least if doordash and uber eats are flooded they go to Grubhub and order on there. All right. So for all those that don't know, this is Bud Soda on the line. All right. Um, are you familiar with Bud Soda, Ron? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All okay. right. So Bud Soda's on the line. He's sharing his opinion. But now I'm going to ask you, Bud, do you feel like it's uh, the driver's fault that Grubhub is in the position that they're in now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. I don't No. So you what, have to develop your business strategy around that. It's their responsibility, not ours. Right. So what could Grubhub have done better before Just Eat Takeaway bought them out? Okay, so wait, before I even ask that question, that's that's a question I know Ron could probably answer, but what year did you sign up for Grubhub? Just this year. Just this year. Okay, so. Well, I, I, I signed up a long time ago, but I have been put on a long, long wait list. I okay. Just finally got so you just got on. You just got on recently. So, Ron, let me ask you this: What yeah. could Grubhub have done better before Just Eat Takeaway bought them? Before they started considering being put up for sale, right? What could they have done better to be profitable and still be in the rat race, even be number two within all three major players right now? from a driver's perspective that's been with the platform and seen them transition from where they used to be to where they are now. You know, the main thing I guess I could think of is just not to have transitioned, you know, <laughs> I just all, all the changes Perfect. that we talked about, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's all the changes that we talked about, but you know, then again, it's like, kind of like the young brands thing, you know, you can't, you can't put toothpaste back in the bottle, you know, once, once they've gone that route, it's real hard for them to go to walk that back. I like that. Um, I've never heard that before. You can't put toothpaste back in the bottle. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that before. So just oh. give me a minute. <laughs> go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Finish. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, one thing that Grubhub never really did until the pandemic was they never deviated from their pay. You know, when things got really busy, you Mm -hmm. know, so like, you know, we'd have a snowstorm going on Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden Uber Eats is offering these big surges. Right. And, um, DoorDash has got their peak pay and Grubhub just has their regular pay. Yeah. And they never did anything and, and they never really adjusted to, market conditions to try and attract drivers 
And again, I think it was kind of this arrogance that they just figured that their drivers were going to stay with them. Yes. Well, because we're Grubhub. It's the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Just like the customers. Oh, we're not worried about the customers. And then they find out, oh, yeah. the customers are using all the platforms. Oh, they're promiscuous. They're promiscuous. <laughs> they're promiscuous. And they go on live television. <laughs> they go on television and they put this out to the world. Hey. You were supposed to be using our platform and our platform only, but now I'm I'm labeling you as promiscuous because you're using DoorDash and Uber Eats and Postmates at the time, you know, but come on, seriously. And, you know, I remember thinking back then that, you know, Grubhub was still the best at marketing. They were still the best at getting new people in the door. Yeah. The problem was, is they were losing people out the back door faster than anything, you know? And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, but the biggest problem I think that they had was like, if you followed, you know, I followed everybody on Twitter mm-hmm. and Grubhub was always the one where customers were just complaining left and right on Twitter, you know, yeah, customers were just always trashing on Grubhub. And for some reason, and I don't know how much of it was, Maybe there were some issues with some of the drivers, um, but you know the the big problem was I think orders not getting taken. Yeah, and and Grubhub never adjusted to try and you know make some things a little more acceptable on an order. Yeah, you know, and and, and like with DoorDash, if an order doesn't get taken for a while, eventually they bump up the price, mm-hmm. um, or or else they kick it out fast enough to enough people that somebody eventually takes it. Yeah. You know, you got, there's a top dasher out there that will take it sometime. Right. Um, but I think it was just like Grubhub never changed how they do things as far as sending orders out to the customers. And in fact, I think there's a lot of things about Grubhub that are exactly the same today as they were four years ago. Um, but it plays out differently. You know, it used to be that the food was always ready on Grubhub, it seemed like, but it was because things were so busy that the orders, you know, that, that the orders had to wait a certain amount of time before yeah. a driver was ready to come because their drivers were out taking other deliveries. And so by the time he got there, everything worked great. Right. On the really slow days, you would notice that you got an order the same time the restaurant did. Yeah. And that was and a major it was complaint. Like, that was a major yep. complaint from the restaurant. I, I just got it. Yep. Just showing yep. up was like a threat to them. Like, no, I'm just on time. I uh, know. And then, oh, I just got and, it. Uh, you got to give me a minute. <laughs> like, and okay. that has become more and more of a problem. Yeah. But the thing that I noticed is it's, it's not so much that it's more of a problem, but it's because they're not as busy as they used to be. Yeah. And that's why we notice it more. Yeah. But I think they've always dispatched the same way. Yeah. And, and when things got slow, they would end up trying to, I think, the, and that was the reason that we always started seeing such long distance Grubhub orders mm-hmm. was because I think they were trying to time it, you know, okay, this order is going to be ready in 10 minutes. Let's find a driver who's 10 minutes away. Yeah. And, you know, so that way the restaurants don't, you know, and that was, that was kind of how they would respond instead of waiting a little while before they send the order to somebody real close they're going to send it to somebody who's 10 minutes away so that that driver spends 10 minutes driving to the restaurant to show up at the same time and everything like that. And, you know, so they, when they did react, it was always trying to fix things maybe from their perspective and not thinking about the drivers. Yeah. And the more they turned on the drivers, the, 
the the more drivers decided that cherry picking is the way to go and or the more stubborn we would become i guess about things and and so i think part of it was they probably the best thing that they could have done was to say how can we change things ourselves yeah rather than how can we force the drivers to change or how can we force the restaurants to change or any of those things now you know i have a question and I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation, but you know, I'm going to have to start wrapping it up in a, in a bit, right? But yeah. this question, I want Bud Soda, I want you, Ron, I want everybody in the chat to answer this as best as they can. All right, so Bud Soda, since you're on the line, I'm going to give you the shot first. Did these platforms create multi-appers and cherry pickers? Oh yeah, these platforms made it so you—it's very desirable to want multi-app. There's no one platform, except on very occasions like the weekends where it's dating, where I think that any one platform can keep you busy enough to not want the multi-app. And us drivers had it figured out that we can maximize our profit if we have multiple platforms to pick from. Uh, I really think that what he was going on about is like Grubhub refused to change and that was their downfall. Like they could have made it so it was different how they deployed it. They could have worked with their restaurants better. I mean, I on an individual level have worked with my restaurants that do Grubhub and they're actually much better than they were when I first started Grubhub. Okay. So like, the fact that they couldn't do that on their end is just a miserable failure, in my opinion. Okay. All right. What about you, uh, Ron? Did they create cherry pickers and multi-appers? Well, I think just by the nature of using independent contractors, to a certain extent, they did that way. Yeah. You know, and, and a part of it was also, I think there were enough people that were starting to figure out that it's like, hey, if I'm an independent contractor, I have a choice, right? Right. And so... It took a while, I think, for that to grow. I think between you and, you know, a number of other people that that started figuring out, you know, on YouTube making it like, you know, hey guys, pay attention. You can start to do this. You can, yeah. you can, you can make your choices. And so, and especially as people started figuring out you could multi-app, and not only that you could, but that it was legal to do so. It was yeah. all within our contract to do so. Right. And so I think that was a lot of it. But then I think too, man, there were a lot of times where I wouldn't even think of opening up another app because right. Grubhub kept me busy. Exactly. Grubhub kept feeding me. Right. And, and that's what I'm getting at. That's the, the reason why I know as independent contractors, we do have the right to work as many platforms as we want to. But yeah, just like DoorDash, there were drivers, there were dashes out here that were like, absolutely not. I'm not turning on another app. Nope, I'm loyal. All I need to do is just work DoorDash. I make my money. Then something happened. And they just changed one little thing for their benefit, but it hurts us. And now, yeah. now this driver has to make a decision. Well, I used to be loyal to you, and now you're not paying me well enough. So now I have to try to make ends meet because now I left my $100,000 job, $100,000 a year job, to do this full time and be, I love the, the freedom, but now you're taking so much more from me. 
<laughs> you know, and not, no, yeah. I, I can't, I can't do this. So that to me was the birth of multi-apping because I've said it multiple times. I've been talking about multi-apping for years and then not until after things started to die down with COVID where mm-hmm. people were starting to come out more and people getting vaccinated, and, you know, like when all that stuff started happening, like, uh, and the order volume died down just a little bit or the money started coming down just a little bit. That's when people were like, okay, well, I got to make a decision. Birth of the multi-apper. <laughs> you know, I can't take these $2. I've taken too many $2. I've taken too many $3. I can't take any more. You know, I got to make some money here, you know? So that's why I asked the question. Do you ever feel like, I remember a lot of times like this where it was like you'd get on a roll and it was just like Grubhub was feeding you and feeding you and it was like every order was like, oh, this is good, this is good, keep going, keep going. Exactly. And all of a sudden you turn one down and, and then, then it was crickets. <laughs> and, and, and then it was like all of a sudden, you know, seven Taco Bells in a row. Yes. And, yes. you know, you start to feel like, man, if you're going to punish me, I'm not going to play your game here. I'm just going to turn on Uber Eats or I'm going to turn on DoorDash or Postmates back in the day or something like that. And yeah. and I think that that was a lot of the birth, I think, of cherry picking was just people figuring out that it's like, no, I'm I'm not going to be manipulated into taking these crap orders. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're not going to give me something good, somebody else is. Yep, exactly. So um, I, at this time, even though I'm enjoying this conversation, it's, it's really good. I do have a 4.30 catering order that I got to go get, right? And it's 15 minutes away, right? But I, I got to make sure I get there. I got to get all my bags because it's, it's a decent size. So um, as much as I want to continue this conversation, I feel like we should have a part two because – First, Ron, you've been around for a while. You said you signed up in 2018, but this is the first time I've had you on the channel. I don't know why, right? It's actually not the first time. I think it's the second time, isn't it? Is it the second time? Yeah. It was a while. About a year ago or something like that. It was a while ago. But I'm like, hey, this conversation is too good. I would like to continue it. I want to have a part two. So I guess right now, um, Bud Soda, um, go ahead and say what you got to say to the family so we can wrap up. And I'm I'm going to close out with Andre Curry, okay? All right. Great conversation, guys. Thank you for this. I'm looking forward to part two. D-Fam, keep your minds open. Even if you think Grubhub's bad, keep your minds open to it. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good one, okay, brother? And stay safe on the road. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You know, I think that's the thing what he said, though, is keep your mind open, I think, is a good way to look at it in that, you know, I've looked at some other platforms and most of them are like, okay, they're not all they're advertised to be. Yeah. But there's always a diamond out there. You know, there's always something out there. Yeah. And so maybe Grubhub, even if they're not going to be your bread and butter, there's always that good delivery that shows up on Grubhub when it's not showing up on anybody else. Exactly. (laughs) Keep your options open, you know? And, um, so Ron, at this time, if you have anything that you, you know, as far as like location, where can they find you? If they do not know, um, if you want to share your website, I could pin that to the top of the comment section so they could check out your content. You have a podcast. You go ahead. Share, share yeah, your social uh, you platform. Can, you can look for Deliver on Your Business. 
uh, is the name of the podcast. Uh, if you go to Entree Courier, E-N-T-R-E-C-O-U-R-I-E-R.com, uh, I'm probably the most active on Twitter of any of them, you know, and it's just under Entree Courier there. So you can find me at any of those. Yeah. And All right. Well, Ron, Entree Courier, brother, I appreciate you for having this conversation with me. And I yeah. want you to come back so we could continue the conversation because um, there's not many drivers that I feel that I can have this one-to-one with that we understand where we came from, like the 2018 Grubhub. There's some drivers that signed up in like 2019 after the new pay model, right? And they didn't really understand how things were a year ago, you know, a year prior. Yeah, there's there's a lot of drivers out there now that don't never realized that you used to get $3 offers yeah. all the time on Grubhub. Yeah. And when the pandemic started, they started doing that minimum pay and everything yeah. like that. And they never realized that it didn't used to be that way. Yeah. So there's a whole different generation of drivers, if you can call it that.